You're so good at that now. Thanks, man. Three weeks in a row, Corey has uh, pushed the play button. Yeah. And that means we haven't missed a recording yet. That's true. And you know what's crazy is like if you think of how many episodes we've had. Only one. We only missed oh, it one we did, time. Yeah, we did that. But I was also saying that literally only three times in the whatever couple hundred episodes that I have pushed record. So yeah. I'm growing. This is baby steps. Yeah. Speaking well, of, I got Bill and well, Jill Randall here. How is that? Yeah. Speaking of baby steps. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't even know. Regular contributor Bill Randall. Yeah. And uh, good to be here, guys. And hopefully, regular contributor Jill Randall. Yeah. From here yeah. forward. Um, because we, we love you, Bill, uh, but we need more of Jill. That's right. Yeah, yeah. there you go. You've had enough of them. The first time I started hanging out with the Randalls in terms of like kind of you know teaming together in ministry, Bill made it very clear. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to care for your ministry, come alongside you, but Jill's going to care for you and actually yeah, exactly. take care of you. That's what we say. Bill cares about what you do. I care about how you're doing. <laughs> See, and that's why we've invited you, Jill, to be <laughs> Uh, just more likable in general. To so, be. so basically the first time you hung out with them, Bill said, I don't care about you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. I can see why and this Jill- is such a deep relationship. <laughs> you got it. Well, Hey, let's, let's catch up. The, hey, Corey, uh, faithful listeners, Corey, why, yeah. why are, are Jill and Bill here? Oh, thanks for asking, Brian. <laughs> we are in a larger series that goes into a smaller series, uh, a series within a series, if you will. The larger series is nuggets, nuggets, disciple making nuggets, things that were, you know, just practical things in our everyday walk to make disciples and, uh, seeing microchurches emerge and multiply leaders. And so there's just a thousand little things that we want to lean into. And one of those is a little thing that's, that's quite a big thing. Um, as we've just discussed this of what is it, what's the role of really normalizing and seeing, um, supernatural breakthrough in everyday places and spaces, everyday context, everyday people um, walking in the authority that God has given them, and just really leaning into that idea of like, man, if we really want to see breakthrough in our context, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to see this like spill out to everyday people, like signs and wonders and miracles and just the power of God breaking out um, away from just our maybe prayer rooms or or charismatic churches and into the streets of everyday missionaries. So that's the that's the series within a series, Brian. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, my good friends Bill and Jill have um, been walking in this way. Can we say our good friends? Is our, that... our good friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Absolutely, Brian. Corey Thank wanted you. to hold you to himself. But. So anyway, so my good friends Bill and Jill have been doing this for a long time. And not only have walked in it, but also done um, just a significant part of their ministry has been equipping others to walk mm-hmm. in it. So uh, I just want to have some Bill and Jill story time. Okay. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's I, I, that's my whole update. Now, uh, Brian, go. Well, it would be helpful if we just got a little yeah. bit of your backstory. I think we've heard a little bit of Bill's because we've had him on, but like collectively, you as a, a family. Um, yeah. What do you guys do? Where do you live? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, don't talk, Bill. Thank you. We live in Boise, Idaho, and it's 16 degrees, no, 14 degrees right now. Ooh. So we're a little bit tired of the, of it, the cold. But, but it's a dry yeah, cold. We love, we love it. We live, we live uh, kind of downtown in the city, so we love that. Uh, we've lived here since 2016. So most of our ministry has been like in family, you know, raising was Redding, California, 
and East Coast too. We lived in the East Coast, so yeah. We had a career of church planting and leadership development through the years that uh, all the stuff we're going to share today just, you know, it came to the surface as as important, as, as essential uh, to what we felt God had, you know, called us to partner with him on. And it's been fun to see through the decades just how many people, you know, uh, caught it and then became not only, part, you know, uh, participants in it, but have gone and taken it even further than we have. So. I think that's what we see with KCU is you guys are just equipping, equipping, equipping mm -hmm. and mobilizing, catalyzing. Um, and we just love to be a part of that, you know, cheering, cheering your gang on to, you know, again, normalizing the supernatural and the why of it mm -hmm. to me is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we, we, uh, the cool thing is that about living here is all our kids. So we have three adult kids and six grandkids. So all of them live here. And it's just so much fun to be able to do that. So that's why we moved here. But even, you know, it'll be fun to tell some stories about yeah. how we, I really felt like I just said, you know, when my kids were really little, I was raising my kids and wanted to keep doing church planning and all the stuff that we were doing. And I felt like the Lord just said, you know, nobody can disciple your kids like you can. Yeah. So that's your job. Like that's your number one job. Yeah. So we took it seriously. And, um, and we all the stuff we're talking about today is what we did with them too. So, yeah. and now we're doing it with our grandkids, and they are too. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's let's go back. You said something that because we don't plan, I just wait till you say things and then base questions off of that. What? No, <laughs> that's not true. You said no. it it came to the surface um, in in church planting. So, tell us that story. What what does that mean? Like, how did this begin to come to the surface, and you begin to see this and just when you say church yeah. planting, the context is like you're doing launch a weekend service, bring people to it, grow it. Yeah. So we, we didn't know what we Sorry. were doing. Yeah. Sorry. We didn't know what we were doing. I'm, so, so, I'm, <laughs> I'm just putting some language around it. You're you're gonna gonna it yeah. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> in, in 1985, we were in new England and we, we just saw a lot of, um, people that were spiritually curious, but were not really connected dynamically relationally to Jesus and the, and the, and the kingdom. And so we started home, home groups, uh, with spiritually curious people. The majority population there is, was, was Catholic, um, non-practicing Catholics. And, um, and we saw th again through, I would say largely through remarkable answers to prayer, we saw uh, evangelism take place, uh, dramatic evangelism, and we we saw a lot of activation of unactivated believers. Mm. Um, you know, begin to begin again. We're using the term now that we didn't have then, but normalizing the supernatural in their daily lives. You know, in the marketplace, in their homes, mm. and it, it, I mean, it's just Jesus showing up is attractive, man. And like mm. like you read in that in uh, the gospels and the book of acts, you know, that's like signs and wonders. I, I like to say sign, they, 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 miracles serve as signs that make people wonder. And it really was uh, something we saw in that setting. Um, and that explains our, we, I mean, basically it's a church plant that grew fairly rapidly for new England. Mm. And we attribute it to God's gracious outpouring of the spirit, consistency of praying for people and, um, and seeing, you know, seeing stuff happens, you know. Mm. Um, so when you say activated, um, just so we're all on the same page,
page. When you, when you say seeing people activated, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I think I, th- you know, I, th- I think part of the, the beauty of, of, of the practical thing we're trying to do with disciple making is that everybody gets to, to do what Jesus commissioned his first disciples to do. I mean, they were told to, to train those that they would pour their lives into, to do what Jesus told them to do, which includes, you know, the stuff we're talking about today, praying for the sick, setting the captives free, you know, helping people uh, have a, have a, a, a supernatural connection to God, hearing his voice, mm-hmm. being able to follow him with courage um, and expectation and see the things that only God could do happen uh, as we stand humbly in our authority and, and, um, and again, just obey Jesus. So um, sometimes, Jill, if I could say this, um, the guys talk, and um, and then— He always rebukes me, Bill, for this. So if you feel rebuked, it's okay. And then their wives talk, <laughs> and you go, oh, that's na- now I believe it. <laughs> I'm just curious, like, your experience through that season as well. Um, you know, like, what, what was resonating with you? I think, um, I like I said earlier, I think part of it was bringing it home. So bringing it to our yeah. our kids and our and their friends and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was really significant. I think, and especially like something that I learned, um, I think early on because I I do have a compassionate kind of heart. I I feel people and all that. So when people were sick or people were hurting, Mm. I was motivated to pray for them because I cared about them. Mm. And I saw in the gospels how much Jesus, you know, there was so many times where it says, you know, his compassion because of his compassion, he healed the sick because Mm. of his compassion, he did something for somebody, you know? And so that's just something that I, I saw him do a lot. I love hanging out in the gospels and I just started noticing that that's kind of what I was doing too. Um, I mean, because I think what happens a lot of times, and as we would, you know, equip people and give this away, it was like people would. I'd watch, you know, some of the some of the young men or women that we were um, spending time with and mentoring and discipling and stuff, and they would be praying for somebody and they'd be crying with them. Mm. You know, it's mm. like, and and that's partly because the Holy Spirit is doing something in them, but also just because of our love and God would show up. So yeah. those were yeah. some of the things I, I mean, I experienced, and I still do. I still experience that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you want to see uh, the norm, you know, normalizing the supernatural take place, you need an outpouring, not just of power, but mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. Um, when, when love's not at work, when compassion isn't the persuading motivation, then people become projects rather than mm-hmm. objects of God's, compassion and that that changes everything and you won't stay in the game of praying for people if your heart's not motivated uh by love it Mm. just becomes it becomes a task or whatever and an outpouring of the spirit is his love like every single time Mm. you know so even if somebody's not healed they're still going to feel loved by jesus somehow he's going to do something Mm. he's going to share that's um so yeah. good. So so many routes that I want to take with. It. I want to press back in. Nugget, nugget. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I want what I want to. <laughs> she got you. Got me. Got me. Um, what I want to do is lean into 
the family side of things here um, in a second. But yeah, I was, yeah, there's like three or four things that she, that she said that was just like, oh man. So uh, instead of going those that routes, let's actually press into what originally said. So uh, as this plays out with your family, Jill and I mean, both of you guys, like obviously, yeah. you know, both parenting, like starting with our household concept, we want to make disciples of our kids. Uh, walk us through maybe some practical things that you all did. And, th- and I know there's probably a lot of listeners, including myself, where this is incredibly applicable in my stage of life, you know, just with kids. I've got kids, in, you know, six or from uh, second grade down. So anyway, yeah, talk us through. What did some of that look like? Well, I, I, so I'm picturing us putting our kids to bed. Yeah. So that's, I mean, mm-hmm. we would always have a little routine. You know, we do a little worship thing. We do a little... I mean, it kind of took a long time to put our kids to bed, but so didn't you just we yell at them to put their pajamas on and go to bed? Yeah, yeah like, just go okay. throw them in their yeah in natural? their bed. If they did that, it would be supernatural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why we were praying for them, so they would instantly <laughs> go to sleep, right? Yeah. No, but I think I mean, so we did. We had that routine of praying, and we'd pray for them. Often there were times where they were sick and we prayed for them. I mean, mm-hmm. we have some fun stories of that, but um, I, so I, there's a couple stories. One I can think of right now is that we like to tell about Andrew. So our oldest son um, was probably like five or six at the time. And we were visiting Bill's parents and his mom was getting horrible migraines. Like she'd be out, you know, laying on the couch and everything. And our kids were loud and active and so our, especially our older son i don't know if he's going to hear this but that's, sorry sorry <laughs> sorry andrew we'll send him the link he's still he's still kind of loud but anyway so he he was running he ran in that in the living room and and his mom was laying on the couch and and he's like what's wrong with grammy and we said oh i'm sorry she has a headache she has a really bad headache and so you have to keep your voice down you have to keep your voice down he's like okay and so he walks over to his mom and he puts his hand on her head and he said, dear Jesus, thank you for Grammy's headache. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Super theologically rich yeah. prayer. You know. Yeah. But this is the thing. And this is the thing. Mm. If she was healed. Wow. It, it went away. In minutes, her headache went away. And that does not happen. And my mom, it just blew my mom away. Yeah. Wow. And it, but our kids had just, it was so normal in our home. Whenever there was sickness, we, you know, we paused to pray, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, you know, took medicine, and did all the other stuff. But we, they learned that it was a, it was an instinctive response to, you know, pain or, or wound or sickness is that in our family, we prayed and, and that became normal. Yeah. There's a, tell the other yeah, there, so, and then if we fast forward to our kids were in high school yeah. and, and then they would go snowboarding all the time and, you know, where we lived and stuff. And so there was one time they went snowboarding, our youngest son. And his friend hurt himself. He hurt his knee or something. I can't remember what it was, but he had really hurt himself. And so he brings his buddies in and he goes, hey, you guys got to come inside. He goes, my mom can pray for you because it. I anyway, I don't need to talk about that, but it's like. I have this manifestation where my hands get kind of hot. He goes, my mom has hot hands, so you got to come in and get <laughs> a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So they come in, and they just told us what was going on. And so I put my hands on his knees, and 
And all of a sudden his knee got better. Like it told, he was moving his knee around and, and this friend was still seeking Jesus. Like he, he wasn't totally sure. Like our son had been sharing a lot with him and he'd had some pretty bad experiences with church and stuff. And so it was quite a, it was really a cool thing for him to, to be able to bring his buddies. Yeah. Up. I mean, the funny thing is, is I'm like, Caleb, you could pray for him. And <laughs> he figured that out, you know, but too, yeah. but. But if your mom has hot hands, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. This is why we have you on. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the other thing that now that we're grandparents is that, uh, we get to do it directly with the grandkids, but we love also seeing our kids have normalized yeah. it wow. in, in, in their homes. And I, t- I tell you what, that, that, it, that feeling of seeing that passed down to the next generation is pretty awesome. But do you want to tell the story? There, about there's Zeke? a couple yeah. funny stories. So one of <laughs> our little, our, well, not our littlest, but one of them is, is like in kindergarten this year. He's hilarious and he just goes for it. So he, I have a couple of stories, but, the most recent one that I, I don't even know if you know this one, but the most recent one was their dog, their, their dog had puppies. And so one of the puppies, so this will stretch your theology, right? One of their, (laughs) one of the puppies had like hit, like his two front paws were like inward. It was really weird. He, you know, so they're like, yeah, he's not going to be able to walk on them. It's okay. But you know, we might just keep them anyway. So as Ezra, starts praying for this little puppy and i'm not kidding they turned around the little this little paws are turned around now they're totally fine oh wow and healing yeah no but then he does there was another story of something happened to his brother and and he prayed for him and he and it was a splinter and he was freaking out he hates splinters right so he prayed for his big brother who's in second grade and the next morning it was totally gone it was it was missing out of his finger and so the next time he has some other thing is happening and ezra says hey just go pray for him it's okay just go pray for him it'll be it'll be better (laughs) but again i think i think again it's just consistency redundancy yeah you know being willing to also sit with them when the 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 prayer that you've prayed has not been answered and Mm -hmm. to sit with them in that and um and help them realize that we're going to, we, we don't pray for the sick. We don't pray for each other because they always get healed. We pray because Jesus told us to do this. Yeah. And so they just learned it's a little part of their um, understanding what it means to be a disciple of, of Jesus. And we, we do these things because he asked us to. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as in the conversation of normalizing the supernatural, like that's obviously a, a great training ground of like talk about normalizing this right. for your family. You're starting there. Um, and that's something we've been trying to step into a little bit too, is, you know, just like, you know, regularly praying if someone's sick or hurt, or uh, we started doing bless five as a family with kids. Yeah. And so Susan's way better than me because I'm exhausted and trying to get the kids to sleep, but she will all do it most of the time. Yeah. So every week we write down, you know, each kid kind of writes the five names or we write it on a whiteboard and you know and we spend time the kids walk through and they bless them and and pray for them and so that's been a that's been a fun little practice of trying to normalize uh even just an authoritative type of prayer concept that we've we learn about you know and um and so that so how does that spill over we're thinking like that's honestly it's the same conversation we're like okay we're normalizing this within our family now how do we normalize this 
with adults and other people who may just be walking in this, right? They feel this draw to go make disciples or to reach their their people, their communities, their context, their friend groups. Um, and they, there's like, they're hearing this podcast and they're like, what puppy got healed? You know, like that's like the stretching that obviously pushes right, right. the splinter. Right. Fell out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. Explain it. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not explaining it away. I'm saying like, I'm, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. And you guys, so, one thing I love about the Randalls is you guys, um, have a, a, just such a deep understanding of scripture and you're so like, uh, you're not what I would call a, uh, charismaniac <laughs> i mean just like not i would not describe you guys in that way in the least but you just say well this is what jesus told us to do normal weirdo and, yeah. we, and we do it yeah. um and so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of talking a lot but like we begin to yeah. normalize this for the everyday person um what even what would you say and or what other stories that you might have in those realms yeah yeah i, I think just back up a little bit with your with your comment there i i I sorry, think, dude. Sorry. I think there's a <laughs> yeah, back up. Back it yeah, up. Back, back off. I said back off. Yeah, no. Um, but I think I think part of it is that that it seems like uh there's often, you know, we're we're presented with a choice. You're either, you know, a truth person or you're a charismatic person or you're a power person. And yeah. and really just just a plain reading of scripture is that that's there's really it's, it's not our choice. We're truth and power. That's right. Um, disciples of Jesus, and the why of that is is the the example of Jesus. He was a truth guy. He was a power guy, and he told us to be in the truth, to 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 drink in the Word, and to want, seek, ask for the the empowering presence of His Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's to be normal. We go deep, you know, we go deep in Scripture, and we go hungry for God's uh, anointing. In our lives, um, I mean, without and I'll I'll just say that no matter what training we do, and we we equipped, 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 equipped. I mean, we trained so many people through the years, but without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, without that humble dependence and reliance on on His uh, the immediacy of His presence, you know, honestly, it just this this doesn't happen. And I think there's a lot of discouragement of people that even can see uh, that signs and wonders that 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 could could be possible and then they pray but they pray once and it doesn't happen they get discouraged Mm -hmm. but part of it is we need to we need to lean into what jesus you know after after he talked to the disciples in acts one he told them to wait for something after he told them you know you're going to be about the kingdom he showed them his his wounds so they knew about you know his death his resurrection they knew about the about their assignment to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom and they were ready to go. They had been with him, you know, uh, for three and a half years and then 40 days of him pouring into them about the kingdom. And, and yet he says, wait and like, wait for what? you got to wait. And so for 10 days, you know, they did the, the waiting in prayer and then and then the outpouring the spirit. And that launched the the Jesus uh, movement. And so um, part of it, part of our uh, story is that we learned we need to keep the theme going. It's you know, it's and do it from the richness of the word, uh, but to show and, and and exalt Jesus as this was normal for him. This is what he did. I want to be like Jesus. It's a matter of discipleship. Mm. It's a matter of spiritual mm. formation. And um, it's a matter of obedience to the word of God and to the um, the whole thing of what we've been called to, to be, you know, practitioners of, of the way of Jesus. Mm. So uh, we'd equipped in so many different ways and trained 
I mean, trained so many people through the years and continue to do so. Uh, I think also is the use of testimonies was, was always a big part mm. of how we mobilize people. So the inspiration that didn't come to some hearts through training and teaching came through a, a changed life or a healing testimony. And we loved, especially when we, we would, we would put in front as, you know, if we had a choice, we'd always put stories from the harvest, you know, mm-hmm. we've, at our church, it was like ministry center was, was you know, we, we always prayed every single gathering. There was a space for, for receiving prayer. It wasn't, that was normalized part of the life of our church. You could, you, it, there was ministry team waiting for you. You, we didn't, you know, we just put a, a little brief announcement on the overhead for people that didn't know, but every single gathering, there were uh, a large prayer team praying for people and every, I mean, God just meets us at the point of our expectation. And there was always answers to prayer. So we, that was nice to get those testimonies. But the best ones come from Costco, right? And and that would, you well, know. Are they coming in bulk or do you mean like actually? The... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So we, again, just, just again, trying to normalize it. Neighborhoods, stores, you know, um, work workplaces, schools. Uh, that that's those stories we we paraded as much as we could in front of people and uh, that grabbed hearts uh, like little else um, and the other thing is just taking people with you we we call it mall you know the, yeah. the you guys the equipping model of, of of modeling assisting watching leaving and we you know instead of just doing it we we would bring people with us often mm-hmm. even on uh, we have crazy stories of people that were terrified, <laughs> terrified of kingdom ministry. And we would bring them either on a ministry trip or, or and invite them to join us in the trench of, of ministry. Do you want to share? Yeah, we'd love to hear one of those. Yeah. Is this good? Okay. So there was, oh, there was a time when we were in Reading and then we took our students to San Francisco with we us. We had a ministry school. She said students, they were, it was kind of like a, a YWAM on steroids, mm. basically. Yeah. Nice. So we... Anyway, so for several years, we did that, and uh, we had a good number of students with us. And so I I recall one of them, there's tons of stories of bringing people along in all this, but one of them was um, they had to read uh, uh, Power Evangelism by John Wimber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were reading that book, and they wrote a, you know, a little book report, book report on it, and, and Kate, whoops. And um, so they they said uh, they said, well, I don't I don't really know about this. Like this is kind of weird. Like all this kind of stuff. I I don't know, know if I agree with it. I don't know if I agree with it. And I'm like, that's cool. You know. We, so we talked about it, and then and then we brought our students with us on this trip, <clears throat> and uh, and sh- she was really nervous about doing this thing. She's like, I don't really want to do this. Like I gotta, you know, because we we invited them to pray for people and. Yeah. minister to people and do stuff on the streets like everywhere and so she's like all right I, you know i basically just I, w- I went with her you know and uh so we go to pray for somebody and they're instantly healed and she's like what the heck and as <clears throat> basically the story of andrew you know you don't have to say it right you don't have to do it right it's like just get just going. Being obedient and god shows up and mm. does stuff so so we had several students that were really skeptical that ended up being like, oh, I get it now. 
Because they'd never done it. They'd never seen it. And they never, never, I don't think they ever would have done it, except that they did it with us at first. So it was that whole yeah. thing of we, we modeled it like, like often. And then we did it together with them. And then we said, now you put your hand on her knee, you know, and backed up. And the thing I love about your story of, of, of the person, that person. yeah, that person is that um, she was terrified. She was, the, she said she was theologically had a skeptical about it. Mm-hmm. But then we turned around and we, it was in a conference setting and she's running around like looking for assignments and running up to people and in the name of Jesus, she just had this fire, she had this fire in her. And when she came back and they graduated from our ministry school, she went to a, a university in San Francisco and she was leading DBSs in her yeah. in her dorm and 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 doing this stuff and training other people to do it. Yeah. So that's those are the fun stories. Wow, yeah. amazing. So I'm willing to edit this part out. Um, I just have a, like a thought to run by you, yeah. and maybe maybe I won't edit it out. Maybe the rebuke will be worth everyone here. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. No, not not really. It's, uh, part of me though is thinking like when we talk about the signs and wonders, we've mostly been thinking external and um, like what it does for someone else's faith. Or um, I'm new in the faith. I'm stepping into this. I need to engage it as well. But while you're telling that story, I kind of had like this moment of, I think that's probably, I think the things that I saw when I was younger, because I got exposed to this early on and invited into some of those um, really unique encounters very early on. It's like, as I've gotten older, matured in my faith, there are moments where like life happens, you reach places where you're like, I don't really know if I believe this anymore. I could explain this away with science. I could this or I could that. And it's like, because of the encounters that I've had with Jesus, watching him do these things, it's like, it. I'm, I'm going internal, I guess. It's not just about an external thing, but it's actually like a foundational for keeping me in this thing. If I'm just yeah. being really honest before the 12 people that listen. It's like, there are moments <laughs> where I'm like, I, I would have walked away from this a long time ago if it was just about, the remembering some passages and you know going i don't know about that or i struggle with this theological position or i know people that but it's like i don't know man i've seen too much and been a part of too much and watched jesus step in in ways that that's just you can't i yeah i don't know i think that's really really profound than it was but (laughs) no i think that's really good i mean i need to be converted again and again you know um Mm -hmm by the gracious, you know, work of God's spirit. I think that staying fresh with the Lord is, is honest, right? I mean, we're, we're called to the quiet, uh, to be in his presence without all that. So that we actually, that love is reactivated. His presence is react, intimacy is reactivated. Um, but I think also is having that supportive community, the KCU community could become a reinforcement. You know, I don't have to carry, carry this by myself. There'll be days I have ebb and flow and, and my friends and family can come around me during those times and remind me who I am and who I belong to and mm-hmm. what I've been called to and what I've been given to, to be able to walk in that, mm-hmm. you know, that identity and in that authority. I can't yeah. carry that on my own. You know, Plus, I mean, Brian, when you, you just gave such a good um, example of something that I tell a lot of parents that, their kids are struggling or, or, Mm -hmm. 
young adults are not following the Lord anymore or whatever. And, and, but especially, you know, as you're raising your kids, <clears throat> we always tell people, parents, create a space where they can encounter God, like whatever that looks yeah. like, however, and you just described it. Like you saw stuff, you experienced stuff, you, and not, I, I get it. Not everybody gets to do that. Not everybody has that has that opportunity but if we can create some kind of space for god to show up and do what he does in in kids lives it's like even when they get older yep and they're like i don't know about that oh yeah remember when god showed up and did yep. this or whenever I, no it's like it does keep you going so I mean, fam families make a space make it a make it possible for prayer to happen like like put a push a pause button and and make it a normal uh, response to sickness or a wound in the family. Mm. Normalize it in the church. Make a space for it. Like mm. plan on it. Intend it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, it. Yeah, because I think we can be. We can just kind of keep going and um, mm, fill all the space with other things and and really miss opportunities that are the richest opportunities in just the normal flow of life. Life mm. happens. Um, opportunities come if we could just you know encourage one another to stay um, responsive mm -hmm. to the invitation of Jesus to step in and say may I pray for you or whatever the occasion requires yeah man yeah two things jump to me is one is is um, going back to what you guys said earlier the importance of of stories like yeah. I mean really the art of remembering and the spiritual discipline of remembering is also like there's something about hearing these stories over and over again, where yeah. you, might, you might be, um, you know, conceptually, I don't like questioning all this, like, you know, like, but yeah. at the same, but when you hear these and these like, Hey, these people don't sound crazy. Like these yeah. are real things. That's, that's part of why we're spending so much time on this series is because we want, we, we actually want these things. And dude, we're hearing stories and people like feedback right. to us or just like in the everyday places. Um, the other thing is like, I'm thinking about in the, in our, the pathway, of disciple making and discovery groups and, and churches, micro churches, like there are opportunities that you may need to gather with other believers to continually be encouraged. Um, maybe in ways that, especially if you're on the mission field, I'm thinking of even personal stories where, you know, my wife and I are spending a lot of time with, with pre-believers and people are just coming to the faith. And, um, you know, every story has its own timeline, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes, you know, the prayer is discovered in in dbs type settings in the same way that other things are and i just feel like some of the settings that we've been in we're actually stepping into where it's more and more appropriate to pray and yeah. pray differently and introducing yes. it to prayer my wife even shares stories because she's really uh become quite the prayer weirdo um and it, and i mean that <laughs> the nicest way possible and she'll share stories with people in our friend group about things that god has told her yeah. or shown her and that takes some boldness but just that that understanding that you may be at a place where you're going to need to create space on the side mm -hmm. with teammates or other believers, maybe in the network to encourage each other. In fact, last week I get a text from our good friend, Morgan Greer and Morgan, uh, fam family, his kids are almost the exact same age as ours. And we've just been sitting in this a lot. And he's just like, Hey, can our fam two families get together, um, and essentially practice what it means mm -hmm. to hear and, and kind of hear from the Lord, pray over one another, bless each other. Um, kind of a night of like prayer and the prophetic words. I mean, just like, and I'm like, 
sweet. You know, like that, that was, that was two weeks ago or last week, Morgan actually uh-huh. reaching out to yeah. do that together. So maybe that is something where you've got some other people. It's like, Hey, we just need to That's good. lean on that. That's so. good. I, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, throughout the history of the church, there's been ebb and flow. There's been dry seasons and rich outpourings, but the, the, we, we personally, we need revivication. We need revival. The church constantly needs, you know, needs revival. And I think um, we have so many promises. I mean, Jesus says we're two or more gathered. There's some unique way in which his presence is manifest. There's Mm. Paul says in first Corinthians 12 to each one, the manifestation of the Holy spirit is given Mm. what for, for the common good. So it's this connect. It comes for community. It comes for giving it away. And there's, there's something really important about seeking the Lord individually God has crashed into my life, you know, in that way. But I have seen far more when uh, hungry, um, really, I'll use the word desperate people for God mm. come together and and pray and continue to pray uh, and see God God move among them and through them. Amen. Yeah. Something the Lord's been really speaking to me about in the last, really the last couple of years is to tell stories. Like, because of, I mean, yeah, God's just done so much in our lives. And I felt like he's just saying, you need to tell them. You need to, like, tell the stories to your kids, to your grandkids. I mean, I don't, we got to, you know, the, a legacy to leave. And yep. and there's so many cool, I don't I was going to look for it, but there's so many cool songs that talk about passing it to the next generation, yeah. the next generation, you know, of of telling how good God is and how faithful and how powerful and all of that. So Mm -hmm. I'm with you, Corey. I I really feel like we need to keep passing those stories on. We recently taught for a week at a YWAM base in South Africa. And, you know, we have all the nuggets, like we just pulled out all the nuggets, right? And we're giving them nuggets and tools, 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 you know, great insights. But I'll tell you, we took one day and all we did was tell stories. Mm -hmm. And that was what, that was the, that was the transformational yeah, moment for like those that, students. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I'll wrap us up, I guess, with a couple of things that I, I ran out to get something to that you said something <laughs> a minute ago. I, was like, oh, I gotta get my Bible. Um, and then you're bringing it up now. I'm just telling stories. We've talked a lot about our kids and our grandkids. Um, I mean, I've already told it, but just that invitation a, a week ago, inviting our kids in to pray miraculously for the healing of a friend of ours. And then it happened and then being able to go like, Hey, here's what happened. And mm-hmm. their eyes are like popping out of their heads. Like this is happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Deuteronomy mm-hmm. six, four, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. It talks about loving the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you must commit wholeheartedly to this, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. Talk about them when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. This is, like, this is the deep Old Testament, the Shema, mm-hmm. give this away, raise up the next generation. But really the, the passage coming to me as well was First uh, John. And John's writing this little book. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We yeah. saw him with our own eyes and touched mm-hmm. him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This is the one who is life itself, who is revealed to us. We have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is the eternal life. 
He's with the Father. He was revealed to us. We proclaim mm-hmm. to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you Come may on. fellowship with us. It's like, I don't really know what Paul, what John is saying in, in, in 1 John 1, 1 there, but I'm pretty sure it's what we have seen and heard. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, we saw this. We heard it. Yeah. <laughs> we promise you, we're not making this up. We saw it, we heard yeah. it, and we're yeah. giving it to you. And what I love about testimonies is, is that, you know, a person hears a testimony and this is what can be going on in, the, in them with the, with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's like, well, if it happened to you, mm-hmm. maybe it could happen to me. Mm-hmm. If it happened there, maybe it can happen here. Mm-hmm. And it just raises expectation. I mean, it's a spirit. It's really testimonies are the spirit of prophecy. Yeah, I and mean, they're, they're the blood of the lamb same. and the word of their yeah. testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So good. The one, the other huge thing that I'm taking away was the that compassion is kind of the precursor mm-hmm. for healing yes. like the love yeah, and compassion strong. that's such a that's such a good word especially maybe you're someone listening and it's like you desperately desire to see this kind of breakthrough in your life and you know you probably mm-hmm. pray i mean i know I, a handful of people come to mind of, of that's been a story of theirs and and i'm just thinking man maybe that's the starting point is like why we pray so desperately you know, yeah. and is like in our quiet places and spaces is because we're desperately mm-hmm. like we want to see the love of God break through. And so maybe if that's that maybe that piece is missing. Maybe we're, you know, need to lean into that a little Man, bit more. Man, that, that hit me hard the same mm-hmm. way I was thinking. Like I'm oftentimes praying for the miracle because I want the healing, but I didn't pray for yeah. compassion first. Mm-hmm. I didn't pray for empathy to sit in it. And it's like yeah. like it's it was it was almost like until I pray for a compassionate heart. And I pray to be able to feel what they're feeling that I'm, I can't really pray for the thing I need to pray for. Mm. I'm just yeah, praying for a yeah, random yeah. miracle to happen and God to do what he can do. Cause I know he can do it, but like to pray from the depths of like, I feel this. And so I'm praying mm. for what that that's yeah. out of that place of feeling it. Mm. And the person that's, that's receiving that's the good. prayer receives it different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they know that they're we, loved and yeah. There, there's no promise and there's no um, testimony of, of on our watch in our lives, except for Jesus, that everyone gets healed every time we pray. And so, right. you know, that until I mean, the kingdom has come, but hasn't come fully yet. So we live in that tension. But here's the thing. If love is at work, mm-hmm. then when we pray, something good is always going to happen mm-hmm. because God, God's love delivers uh, in ways that's far beyond just the one thing we're praying for. And praise God for many times we pray, the one thing we're praying for happens. That's awesome. But it's still a good day. God is still good. If we stood in his love and we and we communicated uh, that love through prayer and through you know standing with them, even if we have to stand with them in their disappointment. Amen. All right. Well, I want to end. I want to end this. I told Brian I want to end this here, and he took it personally, like I'm fighting him. Um, no, I want to end this because I was thinking of a story that we had like a couple years ago. We did this kind of thing. We got a bunch of underground missionaries together, and um, you know, our friend Chris Caputo and Rob, you know, kind of from the front, just did kind of this like almost um, commissioning, you know, just like blessing people with just this almost like this upgrade of power, you know, like this, mm. this just realization of who we are and the stepping into the authority. And, and we've, what, what's the video game? We've kept using the analogy of like, um, uh, leveling up, mm. you know, it's like, God's calling us to either level up or, um, and so I always think of, you know, the video, like some kind of level up in a video game. And, um, I want to ask you guys, 
because mm-hmm. that was a significant moment for actually two people really close to me that have mm-hmm. since been walking in some crazy stuff. Um, and I don't know what the, you know, how this all works in the podcast world, but I, you know, I think God is sovereign. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. ask you guys to just bless us, pray over that for our network here in Kansas city for just a, yeah, a level up in the power of God. So. You have to please do don't that say no. Please don't say no. <laughs> well, yeah, you, can, you can start. I'll, I'll, All right. You. In the name of Jesus, I bless you, KCU, all you friends, lovers of Jesus, to be soft and open and hungry and thirsty for more. We thank God for what he's given, what he's already done. But I pray for more. I pray for increase. Lord, I pray you'd increase expectation. You'd increase thirst. You'd increase openness. You'd increase courage. Lord, I pray that you just give them an anointing upgrade. Um, This would be, Lord, among individuals. They'd find themselves in individual assignments, finding themselves with unusual courage. Lord, I, I just bless the... I bless the Kansas City Underground to be discovering individuals, but I pray corporately that there's there's this this community hunger and expectation that there would be an elevation, an increase, an upgrade in the name of Jesus Christ. I just ask on their behalf, pour out your spirit, Lord. Do again what we see in scripture and throughout church history that that catalyzed and mobilized a rapid multiplication of new disciples that brought healing and freedom to families and neighborhoods and Mm -hmm. cities and nations. Lord, do it again. Do it in Kansas City Mm -hmm. in Jesus name. Lord, and for those that are desperate that are listening Mm -hmm. right now, I just ask that you would come to them, come to that place of desperation of the need to, to have you show up in their lives and whatever it is for, for healing, um, just from brokenness, but also just, uh, their desire for more of you, mm-hmm. more of your spirit. And yeah. so I ask that you would come to those places and those people and, um, <clears throat> and especially mm-hmm. for the parents, yeah, I just want to yeah. pray for them that yeah. and grandparents that are yeah, listening, that you. you would anoint them afresh. Yeah. Give them uh, creativity and how to bring mm-hmm. you into their home, into their schools, into their workplaces, um, but especially as they parent their kids and their grandkids, that you would show up mm-hmm. and that there would be new stories, just like like they were saying today, just the different things that, like Brian was saying, that you showed up and their kids are like expecting you to do more now. Mm-hmm. And so Lord, do that, do that. across Multiply Kansas that. City. And across uh, not just Kansas City Underground, but across the city. Mm-hmm. And so, God, we we know that you are about love, and we we also have faith, God. And we're going to step in and listen and and look and be aware of your presence. And so, we expect you to show up, yeah. God. So, so do it now. And I just bless you to be brave, mm-hmm. yeah. Because life leaks out. People are going to share a wound. People are going to share neighbors, your family. It's going to happen. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen this week. So in the name of Jesus, I bless you with courage. 
to step in and pop the question, may I pray for you? And God, I pray you'd meet them at that intersection of, of faith, courage, and obedience in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's how you end a podcast right there. There man. you go. You guys She's are amazing. Mm, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank for you. asking. It's fun. Yeah, fun to be with you fun guys. Oh, stuff. we'll do it again. We can do it even earlier next week, Jill. Is that... <laughs> okay, cool. That would be so good. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Love, Love you guys. All right. We'll see you. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.